Welcome to the Day Luna Human Design Podcast, where we discuss all things human design and how it can support you and your spiritual journey. This is not a one-size-fits-all podcast. We are here to inspire awareness about how we are all different and help you answer the questions of who am I? What am I here to do? How am I here to do it? You can thrive and live the life of your dreams just by having awareness of your true self. So dive deep with us and get inspired and start living your life on purpose. Hello and welcome back to the Daylina Human Design Podcast with your host Shayna and Dana. Once again, we're here recording with you guys. Today we have kind of like a fun topic that we have been, it just kind of came up in conversation. And we're like, this is so interesting. I wonder if anyone else talks about this. And so that's why we wanted to share it with you guys. Um, but we're going to be talking about the generations in, in humans that incarnate into this world and how there's kind of these trends of generations that leave or change the world. You know, each generation comes into the world. It's a collective of humans that have all different things going on. They live in different places of the world. But there seems to be this like through line and this transformation that happened because of those humans living their life. That's very connected to the planet Pluto. And in everyone's human design chart or astrology chart, you have a Pluto placement. And that Pluto um, holds the information of transformation and truth. And it takes an entire lifetime for the wisdom that that Pluto placement is teaching to kind of play out. But that's kind of how you get these huge um, generations of people that's, you know, every 20 years or so, sometimes less or sometimes more, that seem to have this through line that those people change the world in some way just by living collectively. Um, so we're just going to talk about that because we think it's really fascinating. But before we get into it, Shana, you know what the funniest memory that came to my mind this morning was? What? <laughs> what? what? I was having tea with my roommate. And um, made this like beautiful, he made this like beautiful teapot and we like poured the tea and like sat outside and it was so nice. And it instantly reminded me of Burning Man when you and I and Emma went to Burning Man and we, we went inside of the giant teapots that we oh my climbed God. all the way up the ladder. So there was like, remember that? Yeah, it was insane. They it were insane. insane. Yeah, they were like, like 30 feet off the ground, giant teapots, teacups, I don't know, teapots, right? Teapots, yeah. And yeah, and they had like couches in there and a little table and you just like snuggle in there and just meet people, <laughs> meet <laughs> random strangers. But the teapots were like, they're, they're super cool and beautiful. Like the teapots are probably like eight feet wide once you get up there, but they're on these huge like tower ladders. So there's a bunch of them. There's like 10 different teapots and you have to climb up like a skinny little ladder, like super yeah. high up to get inside of it. And then you're inside of it and you're up there and there's like windows on either side and each teapot was like themed a different theme. So one of them inside was like completely disco ball. And then the one that we went inside of was like Moroccan theme with yeah. like Moroccan lamps yeah. and like velvet couch. Mm -hmm. Remember that? Yeah, that feels yeah. good. That was a good, that was a good time. I mean, yeah. I try to convince so many people to go to Burning Man, like Brian. He, uh -huh. I, I don't know if he'll ever go. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's just a 
fun, crazy experience to play and connect with people and to just be and like mm-hmm. stretch your limits, see like yeah. what you can do and what you can't. Mm-hmm. And like after like four or five days, I was ready. I was, yeah. you know, I was ready like, okay, home. I reached, I reached my limit. <laughs> but like you and Jared go, like you've gone like 10 times together yeah. and stayed for two weeks. Yeah. So yeah, my husband and I, we have gone for 10 years in a row. My husband went for longer than that, but it's because we live like pretty close to where Burning Man is in Nevada. My favorite thing about it is that I really learned as an adult, like an adult sense of play. Like that's the huge takeaway that I learned from Burning Man. Cause mm. like so much of my life, like what I'm really called to is like sacred circle. And like these times where we're like being really intimate and serious and like diving in spiritually. And like with my music, you know, I used to think like I have to have do fun dancing music, but really what my soul is called to is this like serious, introspective, like quiet time, soul moving stuff and like so much of my life that I the things that I enjoy are really like serious and quiet and introspective um and then going to Burning Man is like the exact opposite like just this like outward burst of like play and creativity and like doing cartwheels out on the dirt and like making dirt angels and just like being so dirty (laughs) and loud and like having campfires and hanging out with friends and just going down slides and being on seesaws and like getting in a huge like karate chop fight with like a group of people like it's just like ridiculous (laughs) like ridiculous beautiful play and there's so much freedom in that and I feel like all of my friends that I've met at Burning Man like the thing that I can say I love about all of them that's like a through line is that they know how to have fun they know how to be in awe of things and be like wow this thing is beautiful or magical Mm -hmm. like whether it's like bubbles or lasers or whatever it's like they're interested still in creating beauty and fun and like I think that's something that we're really missing in our conditioned like homogenized version of adulthood is like having like still yes it's important to work yes it's important to do the deep spiritual things yes it's important to like create a life for yourself but it's also important to play and to enjoy beauty Mm -hmm. and to never give up that sense of childlike play yeah it's so true once you surrender to just playing and like I'm here and I'm just diving in because you kind of get thrust into it when you go to Burning Man, which is what I like about it. Cause there's mm-hmm. so many different ways that you can play mm-hmm. right in the world and get that childlike sense of joy. But at Burning Man, you're really thrust into it and it's mm-hmm. shocking at first. And you're like, I'm so dirty. How am I going to survive? <laughs> like it's so cold. It's so hot. Like I'm exhausted. I'm crusty. Yeah. Like, I'm sunburned, like all the things, but then you, once you accept it and you give in and you just be a child and you just be crazy and you just have fun and you just explore and you just learn new things. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it really is an experience unlike any other. I'm trying Mm -hmm. to convince Brian to go because I want to have that experience with him, Mm -hmm. but I just don't know how, what we would stay in. I would, do you think that you would take your new trailer to Burning Man? Yeah. We're, we're actually planning on it. Oh, you are. Yeah. So Dana and Jared just got a new trailer. They sold their super cute but little trailer that they've had forever. And now they got a big trailer. And yeah, so you think you're going to take it to Burning Man. Yeah. You're not worried about it getting like dusty or crazy? No, not at all. Yeah, we took our old trailer like a bunch of times. But also 
you know, we're just like used to that old crusty life. Like it's just like normal to <laughs> us. So, cause we like, cause you told us not to take our trailer, which I would want to take our trailer if we went to Burning Man. Well, you yeah. Think Brian would be like, oh, hell no, too much dirt in our trailer or what? Yeah. I just don't. <laughs> I just would hate to be like the person that convinced you to do it. And then like your trailer's like fucked up and it has like dust in every corner and you're like mad at me or something. So, but if you chose on your own, like we're taking ours for sure. I'm I'm thinking. Oh man. Now, (laughs) now I got a new whole new phase to work on Brian. I'm convincing him. (laughs) Yeah, totally. I know. And yeah, we're my trailer right now too. It's like, it's so amazing because we are doing the tiny home life here and it's like, it's so good to get rid of just all of the shit that you don't need that you've been holding on to and to live minimally and to just like wake up every morning and go outside and your home, like your home that you're in your trailer is just for sleeping and just for cooking and whatever, reading books and at night, but like your world is outside of you. And like, it's just been such a fun journey to, and all of our friends, like all of our close best friends have all gotten trailers and done like yeah. the travel trailer life, like you and Brian with your Airstream and like w- camping for a week at a time at home, like a staycation and then just working from your trailer at the ocean yeah, on your computer, which is amazing. Yeah. I'm all about that trailer life for, you know, a week or two. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, anyways, so I guess maybe that's like something in our generation. I don't know. Yeah, um, for that's sure. What this episode is all about is about basically how the generations are so connected to astrology. And we mm-hmm. realized that recently, how, you know, science and um, like cultural awareness, I guess, has defined these generations like the millennials or Generation X or the baby boomers, all of these different categories or groups of people born within a certain time and how they all have similar values or similar social circles or similar jobs or perspectives or traditions. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then how that is affected or seen or displayed in astrology and Mm -hmm. how crazy it is that they're so similar. Mm -hmm. I was like mind blown. And because of that, it can kind of help us not predict the future, but predict like what future generations are here to do and Mm -hmm. what their whole vibe will be like, because it's been so consistent throughout history with our generations and with um, astrology. So Mm -hmm. moving into the new paradigm, what that's going to look like, what that generation is going to be like, what their values will be and what they're here to do is fascinating to Mm -hmm. me. I'm like, so fascinating, so lit up by it. I know. And it's crazy to see like as different as we all are, like these big energies, these planetary energies that are often the further rings of the solar system that affect so many people and that you have as different as you are, you have these through lines that create change. So in the human design system, we're, we're going to do a whole um, episode probably about how astrology is a part of human design um, in which ways, but basically human design is a mixture, a culmination of four ancient modalities, Western astrology, the I Ching, Tree of Life, and the Chakra System. So astrology is a huge part of human design, but the way that we could traditionally look at astrology um, is just through maybe like a different lens than it is through human design. And we'll kind of explain in a different episode exactly how that lens is shifted to help you guys understand. 
But what we're talking about today is the energy of Pluto. And so Pluto is the furthest planet on the outside of our solar system, and it moves really slowly since it's so far away. So for Pluto to make one complete orbit around the sun, it takes about 248 years. So that's a freaking long time. But, you know, it's in that time that it's making one orbit around the sun. It's going through each of the 12 zodiac houses from astrology. And um, each of it spends, Pluto spends time in each one of those zodiacs for about 20 years, but for sometimes less and sometimes more. But it goes through all 12 of the zodiacs. And that, that going through all of the zodiacs also makes it go through every single gate in the human design mandala um, because each zodiac has, you know, about five gates or so within that zodiac. So when you're looking mm-hmm. at the gates in human design, the gates and uh, that squirt that are in Scorpio is gate 14, gate 43, gate one, gate 44 and gate 28. So all of those gates are within the zodiac of um, Scorpio. And that is what Shana and I are born into, Pluto and Scorpio. So anyone born into 1984 to 1995 um, has their Pluto in Scorpio. And that is the generation or a huge part of the millennial generation. Mm -hmm. Um, And in human design, what they say, they say that all of the planets are teachers and that it just depends on what those planets are here to express and teach you when they're in the different zodiacs. So Pluto is the planet of truth and transformation and psychology. And it takes a lifetime to explore that transformation that your Pluto placement brings into your life. And then so many people on a wide scale for, the, for a whole 20 years all have their Pluto in the same placement. Or, you know, sometimes less. Like for Pluto and Scorpio, it's only 11 years that everyone born within that 11 years has their Pluto in that placement. But so it's interesting. We're saying we started with talking about our own. Uh, If you're born between 1984 and 1995, you have your Pluto and Scorpio. That's actually Pluto's home placement. So it's really like an intense energy. But that energy is all about breaking down the structures and the facades of society and getting to the real shit, the deep shit, talking about taboos, talking about sex and death and money and talking about spirituality on like a completely personally empowered place and like breaking down the traditional religion structures, breaking down the traditional work structures with exchange of money breaking down the traditional sexual partner structures that people have had, all of that is encompassed in Scorpio. So like Scorpio is a really intense energy and it rules the eighth house in astrology. And the eighth house has all of those things in it. It is the first house that really dives into spirituality, but it's also about money and the exchange, the give and take between money. And it's also about sex and about like souls merging and uniting. And it's also about like the subconscious and death and like what happens when you die and like the spirituality of all of that. So it's like, it's a really, a lot of different things, like intense energy going all into that Scorpio. 
But I feel it's so much in our generation that we are yeah. here to like talk about those things, to bring light to them and to not shy away from them and allow them to be taboos, but to bring them like straight up to the surface to face them. Yes, 100%. I see that so much in the millennial generation. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's why there is a lot of, especially with the older generations, fear. And it's a hot topic, right? Millennials mm -hmm. and, and how they are in the workforce and how they want you know, their jobs to cater to them versus them catering to their jobs. Like they're here to break taboos. They're here to talk about the things that were not necessarily acceptable to be talked about and mm -hmm. to break old molds and to say, no, like fuck that conditioning. I'm not going to mm -hmm. work eight hours a day and not have any vacation. Like I want you to pay for my training and I want you to pay for my vacation. And I want you to value me. And then if you do, I'm going to really pour into and uplift your company and what I'm working on, because I want something that I can identify with that I'm working on. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because the years, they're not exactly like perfectly lined up with the Zodiac um, Pluto placements, but they're, they're so, so similar. So millennials are born from 1977 to 1995. And then I think you said Pluto was, was, what were those exact years? Yeah. So Pluto before Scorpio, Pluto was in Libra. So from 1971 to 1984, Pluto was in Libra. So that's like in that generation. Like, I think we just Googled like the standard generations that we accept. Um, and that's that millennials are born from 1977. Yeah. To nineteen. So that's including two different Pluto um, placements, Libra and Scorpio. So we as millennials are the second half of that millennial. Pluto's and Scorpio is the second half. And the first half had their Pluto and Libra. So that's a really, really, really different energy than Pluto and Scorpio. Um, Pluto and Libra, their whole life transformation is really all about just like it comes before the spirituality. It's the part where you're trying to just fit in and make everything okay and have harmony. You don't want to make, you don't want to rock the boat. You don't want to say things that are going to like change everyone's opinion and make things fall apart. You want to just like kind of get by and like enjoy the good things in life and like not shake anything up enough to where there's going to be any, um, disruptions with the mm -hmm. existing structure. So that was right before 1971 to 1984, everyone born in that time had their Pluto placement in Libra. So just kind of like getting by and like not trying to shake anything up. And then people in 1984, people with their Pluto placement in Scorpio, the whole energy of the cosmos shifted, but also the people being born into that time embody that energy in their design and portray it out into the world throughout their entire life. They live out this energy of Pluto and Scorpio being like, never mind, fuck the structure, burn it down. Like we want to know the <laughs> we want to know the real things. We want to know the truth. We want to know the deep subconscious. Like it's really crazy to think about how money and death and sex are taboo and they're not supposed to be mm -hmm. talked about in previous generations because those are like the most important fundamental parts of being a human, like the biggest, mm -hmm. deepest, most real part of being a human. And we're not supposed mm -hmm. to talk about it. Like we're supposed to be afraid to look at it. Yeah. Let's talk about those past generations. Yeah. 
So before, before Libra was Virgo, and that was from 1956 to 1971, everyone Scorpio was in Virgo. And Which is that's- basically Generation X. So right. if you're Generation X, most likely you have your Scorpio, I mean, your Pluto in Virgo. Mm-hmm. And that energy is all about like being of service and being selfless. And it is wanting to improve things and make things better and work really hard to ensure like a change in food and health and wellness and taking care of our kids and everything. But it's really like a rigid placement because Virgo um, being in Pluto there, it's actually exalted. So it's kind of like the most challenging aspects of Virgo, like being really stuck in sticking to structures and being really playing by the rules and really wanting to dissect things and analyze things and use our mind to make sure we're following the rules. So a lot of our parents might have been born in that generation where they worked Mm -hmm. really hard and they wanted to make things better for their kids, but they're coming from a limited perspective where they're like really stuck head in the rule book and unable to kind of be an individual Mm -hmm. and follow their own joy or creative play. Yes. It's interesting because the generation before that, the baby boomers, they experienced, you know, Woodstock and all of these, you know, the Vietnam War and and all of these things that were like kind of rebellious, right? Mm -hmm. But they have this outlook of, I want to make things better for my kids. And that is what has shaped the millennials of, you know, I can have I can have anything I want and I deserve anything I want. So I'm going to ask for it and I'm going to break these molds and you better give me what I want. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's just interesting how their aspects have affected, have affected us. So what, what is the, the Pluto placement for the baby boomers, which is 1946 to 1964? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that is a mixture of Pluto and Leo and then into Pluto and Virgo. So before that, like the energy of Pluto and Leo is like a whole generation of people who want to actually express themselves and they want to have like music and art and really focus on being able to have play and romance and life. But also the the negative vibration of Leo is that it's very prideful and it's very Mm. egotistical and self-serving and like me versus you. And wanting to have power, wanting to have respect, and being very scorned and hurt if it doesn't get have power mm. over others. So there's a positive and negative side of every single energy, of every single zodiac, of every single channel in human design. Um, and it just kind of depends on like the vibration of the individual who's embodying that characteristic, whether it's like you're getting the highest placement of it or the lowest vibration of it. Mm. But yeah, so... Starting in 1913 to 1939, everyone born in that time, so like our great-grandparents or our grandparents' age, they had their Pluto in Cancer. So it was really all about focusing in on family and making something stable and sturdy within your family. Family was the only thing that mattered. Like your job didn't really matter. You only went to the job so that you could support your family. And then like a lot of the moms of that time, their only job was to cook for their family, wash for their family. Like they spent all day long tending to their Mm -hmm. family. And then it shifted in 1939 into that energy of Leo. Like, okay, freeing that up a little bit, coming out to play, create, have art, have drama, have music. And it's crazy because when you think about it, right, that's when they're born 
into. And then mm-hmm. years later, when they're older, they're expressing those characteristics that that are from their Pluto placement, but also match up with their generational trends and values. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's not that, you know, at 1939, that everyone then just became, you know, creative ex- and expressive and not focused so much on family. Mm-hmm. It's that the kids that were born in 1939, then when they grew up to have their adult characteristics, that's where their values and their things played out. Mm-hmm. And that generation before that you were saying 1913 to 1939, mm-hmm. that generation's called the traditionalist or silent generation. Whoa. Which is so true with focusing on traditions and family and home and work. You work for your family and safety. Yes. Security, all of those things. Whoa, it really creeped me, the silent generation. Yeah. Like, that is, a, that gets me. But then those baby boomers who were born in 1939 or, or well, you know, 46 to 64 as like the generational whatever would say, having that, you know, that creative play and flow, but also like you were saying, being kind of prideful and needing respect. And, and when you compare nowadays, which is the main hot topic, comparing millennials to baby boomers, it's so different because millennials joined the workforce so much later than baby boomers did. A, A millennial's resume at age 28 is completely different than what a baby boomers resume was at age 28. Because they have less work experience because they, they join the workforce later and because they demand what they want versus saying, okay, this is what I have to do because my parents did it and I have to work and conform and, you know, to get respect, to gain pride, I have to put in the hours, I have to put in the time and work my way up so that way I get the respect that I need. And now we see so many millennials coming into the workforce and baby boomers are the CEOs and at the top, but yet they don't necessarily know the things that technology has taught the millennials just by living it in their teen years. Mm-hmm. So it's super fascinating to me, just a, the generations mm-hmm. and how, how you can say, okay, this is when the shift in your astrology for your Pluto is going to change, but you don't necessarily see it play out until they're a bit older. Right. Cause it takes someone's entire life. I mean, it's all a chain reaction, like starting from the beginning of time, everything that ever existed informed the next level and the next level and the next level. And as people are living, like we were saying with Pluto, it's a lifelong energy. It's a slow moving planet. It takes time for these things to start showing and like be a part of the society that you can see and observe. And of course, with like, not with astrology, but with just like studying generations from like a political science point of view, they will all say that it's just the environment. It's the conditions yes. in the world that made these changes or that made these similarities in people living in the same time. Exactly. Um, and I do believe, of course, that's probably a part of it is that like all these people lived in the same time with the same economic influences, with the same political influences, with the same Social, music, yeah. yeah, all cultural things. That, that, of course, is a part of like, people homogenizing and people creating a collective culture. But the thing that is also at play that people is not as widespread is that the cosmos is 100% affecting the energy of the time on a subconscious level, because like most people are not aware of their energy, um, but they feel it. 
it just happens. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if you're aware of it or not. Like the planets are shifting at all times and we are in an ever changing flow of energy. We're in a force field of neutrinos that is constantly being filtered in different ways by different planets. And that Mm -hmm. makes an effect on our human form because our bodies are energy. Yes, which I think it's fascinating how the studies of generations is in hindsight, right? They don't know too much yet about the future generations, generation Z, which is the one that came after the millennials, because they haven't fully, you know, lived out their adulthood yet. Mm-hmm. And they don't know when that's going to end because they're they're studying, you know, the cultural differences, the social differences, the impacts of different historical events on these groups of people to see how they turn out. And so they're studying what's happened. Mm -hmm. And whereas astrology is saying, okay, this is what's happened. This is how the cosmos has affected. And this is where we're headed. Mm -hmm. Like it has more of like a future facing view. Whereas this is um, the generations is more of, okay, let's observe the past. And this Mm -hmm. is what defines the generations. Something super fascinating to me is with generation Z. So the reason why they just, dis- they divide, you know, the millennials from generation Z, they say that the millennials end in 1995 mm-hmm. and generation Z starts in 1996. Mm-hmm. And it says to be decided. Like we don't mm-hmm. know when generation Z is going to be marked as like the end of it. And the main thing that differentiates those two or what's the word I'm looking for? Different. Yeah. No, that's, yeah, that d- divides, that's what mm-hmm. I'm thinking, divides those two generations is 9-11, that millennials remember 9-11. And mm-hmm. it was a big historical event that happened that they experienced and that they remember, and it affected the society as a whole. And Generation Z, even though they might have been alive during 9-11, they don't remember it. Mm-hmm. And so to them, it's his- it is a historical event that they learn about in history. Mm-hmm. They didn't experience it. So that's like what they say divides the millennials and generation Z is the first generation to grow up with technology at every stage of their life. They don't remember a time before technology and they've had it infused into their life from the time they're born. Whereas millennials have like some teen years that they didn't have technology, they didn't have cell phones, they didn't have internet or whatever. Well, maybe they had internet, because I don't remember a time without internet. But I do remember a time without cell phones, um, mm-hmm. and like major technology. Yeah. So those are like societal things. But at the same time, it is so played out in astrology, which is crazy. And the reason that is, it's not that like astrology is like telling the future, like it's like a crystal ball. It's that all things in nature are cyclical. Like every single year we have four seasons, right? Mm-hmm. We have winter and then spring and then summer and then fall. And then what comes after fall every single time is another winter, another cycle, right? Everything mm-hmm. in nature is cyclical. And the same thing with the celestial path, the stars and planets going out in in orbit, that is a cycle. It's a repeated cycle. It's a cycle that repeats over and over and over and over again. And each time it's different, it's evolved, but it still has these same qualities and energies. So it's really like with this whole thing, the reason that we can kind of see what the future generations are going to be like is because we can look forward. What's the next part of the cycle that's going to repeat itself? 
So what's the next part of the cycle for Generation Z? So yeah. the millennials are here to like break the mold, talk about taboos, like break, burn shit to the ground. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> what's Generation Z like moved into? That is Pluto placed in Sagittarius. So from about 1995 to 2008, everyone born in that year and the time, like the energy of those years was when Pluto was in Sagittarius. And that energy is really about like expansiveness and like crossing distances to travel to specifically other cultures, other places to learn wisdom, philosophy from other sources. Um, So it's very connected to travel and it's very connected to just being open and expansive and kind of diving in and learning about many different things. And I definitely see that in that generation because it's like, the people that did have internet, they always had internet. They were able to like FaceTime or like be on an internet chat with someone in another country from the time that they were 10 years old. And that was just normal to them. So time and space was transcended through technology and all the information that they ever wanted to learn or study was right there on their laptop from when they were 10 years old in the fifth grade doing a, a class report. Whereas like when I was in fifth grade and I did a class report, my mom literally had a bookshelf of encyclopedias, one encyclopedia brand, like 25 books or whatever. And it was like A, B, C. So in A, if you were looking up Africa, you would go to the A encyclopedia and look for Africa. Yeah. It would have as much information as it did in the one encyclopedia. And That's then we also, nice that she had them. Like, I, I had them in the library and check those out. I know. She also had an atlas and a dictionary. And like every single dinner, we would get in like debates and conversations at our dinner family dinner table. And we'd be like, get out the atlas. We need to look it up on the world map. Or we'd be like, get out the dictionary. But we didn't have smartphones. We didn't have Google. We didn't have a yeah. computer at our living room in our living room. So it's just really crazy to see that difference. But so the whole generation with their Pluto in Sagittarius, they are open. They are expansive. The mold has been broken and they are just free and fluid to move forward and to learn and grow as much information, being wild and free and learning from other cultures, learning from other sources, having information be completely at their fingertips. Mm -hmm. And so I really see that reflected in that generation that grew up with internet and creating memes and being on Facebook and Instagram since they were like in elementary school. And it's interesting because you pull that from astrology and what the generational studies say about this new generation is that they're, they are focused on acceptance, inclusivity, body positivity, gender neutrality, feminism, their icon or like person that they look up to is Malala. Whereas for millennials, our icon in our age was Mark Zuckerberg, right? Mm -hmm. Because he created some internet stuff that that broke down the molds and forged a new path. Was the first billionaire that was, you know, under 30 years old or whatever. And it's like, I wear sneakers. Yeah, yes. Exactly. And so it's it's interesting because that lines up so perfectly with the astrology and what that is saying about their Pluto placement. Mm-hmm. And so then moving forward after mm-hmm. this Generation Z, what what is the Pluto placement moving yeah. forward? So after 2008, in 2008, Pluto shifted to being into Capricorn. 
So everyone born from 2008 to 2024, so still happening right now, are Pluto's in Capricorn. Um, everyone born in from 2008 and on is having the energy of building structure. So we've torn the structure down. We had a whole generation of people that are just playing in that freeness, in that openness, gathering new information, kind of expanding their horizons. And then the next generation is here to take everything that we've learned from that and create a new structure, create a new foundation of like, this is the new way that we do things. This is the new way we do school. This is the new way we do business. This is the new way that we connect with each other. Um, This is the new way that our society works because Mm. our whole generation, Pluto and Scorpio, is all about ripping down that old structure. And then it's just one in between to gather like, extraneous um, information and knowledge. And then the next generation is here to build that new structure that will all exist under. Wow. Oh, I love that. And that's like getting prepped and ready for the new paradigm in 2027, right? Right. So then right after that, after 2024, we'll have this like new, well, I mean, it takes time for like these things to be implemented. But like, just like we were talking about with the baby boomers. Right. But it's like, like this when you're born. Yeah. yeah. It's like this new structure is forming. Like the new world, the new way that we do things is being formed based on building off of everything that's come before, right? All of the forward mm-hmm. progress and souls that have learned lessons and incarnated. Um, and then after 2024, we go into the new paradigm, which in human design, they say happens in 2027. So then Pluto goes into Aquarius. And it's in there for a Mm. while, for a whole 20 years. So from 2024 to 2044, right there in the thick of like us transitioning into the new paradigm, we're going to be in Pluto and Aquarius and all of the souls born in that time and the energy of the cosmos at that time will be a transformation into Aquarius, which is all about the evolution of humanity. It's the new age. It's using old technologies like ancient modalities like um astrology and breath work and reiki and energy healing all of that stuff and also future modalities that have not been invented yet to come together to improve humanity to help humanity evolve to gather together with like-minded tribe and friendship and love and community and healing and um the age of aquarius so Mm. that's as we go into the new paradigm in 2027 like all the kids being born in that time are of that essence of that transformation Mm. the fine and it's like it's crazy how the like i feel like our generation too pluto and scorpio people are really bringing in those ancient modalities and just the energy in all together is bringing back those ancient modalities into the new time again, as we're like getting ready for this shift. It's like, we had this wisdom thousands of years ago in the Vedic scriptures in India and in Chinese medicine, 5,000 years ago with Tibetan singing bowls and like modern sound healing and yoga, like all of these things are ancient that humans at a different time at a higher like vibration were connected to these natural healing modalities. And they've been lost in this time that we've been in a a time of really overly being em- overemphasis on the mind and trying to really be rational and analytical. And when we come into this new paradigm of divine feminine, it's like this energy in Pluto will be in Aquarius. It's, it supports it so much. It's amazing. It really is. Like all of it is so 
it just blows my mind how it's Mm -hmm. so connected. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting how when you look back, right, when you when you're looking at studies of generations and everything, and you're looking back and observing the generations and how how much millennials are kind of a hot topic because they are breaking molds and they are really embodying their Pluto Scorpio placement. There's a lot of judgment of, you know, well, are they valuable in the workforce? Like, should you hire them? Should you not? All this bullshit. And then also, you know, is Gen Z going to come and replace them and make millennials less valuable because millennials are too picky and they break down too many molds and Gen Zs are here to, you know, build up new things and be diverse and are highly educated and have all of these technical skills. All of that is just bullshit on top of the real information, which is that each Pluto placement for each of these generations are here for a purpose. So that way we can build and create and make this world, this new paradigm, what it's here to be and support all of those Aquarius Pluto place people born um, after 2024. And then also just the, the energetic body of the, the collective at that time of being new age and being focused on humanity and connection and ancient healings. I'm just like so grateful for, I guess, each puzzle piece, each generation, each collective um, building block that has come before us and that we are in now and that is coming after us and how they're all connected and all necessary to move into the betterment of everyone, the totality of everyone moving up into a higher vibration. You want to know something so crazy? I was thinking, okay, so Pluto is going to be in Aquarius in 2024 and like people are going to be born into that energy. And I was like, that's so long from now. But then I (laughs) I realized that it's going to be 2020 in three months. Yep. And then 2024 is just going to be like here before you know it. And I was even likely your kids are going to be born after 2024. Yeah, I was just thinking, I wonder if our children will be born into that Pluto and Aquarius transformational generation. So crazy to think about. And, And I used to really think about when I was growing up, I had this profound feeling that I didn't belong in this time. Um, from a really young age. And I also think that's connected to like projector bitterness because I felt really bitter that I was born into this time. I felt like this is unfair. Like, why do I have to be born into a time with cars and with freeways? And why do I have to go to this school that I have to go to five days a week for eight hours? Like I hated it. And I felt like this calling in my heart, like I just wanted to sit around a campfire and I wanted to like create a fort out of sticks and like, (laughs) you know, like I wanted to live in like a tribe and like play my guitar and sing around a campfire. And like, I just felt so like misplaced. Like I didn't understand why I was born into the time that I was. Uh, Mm -hmm. And through my spiritual journey, I really understood on a profound level that your soul chooses everything about your lifetime for a reason. So it chooses your design, chooses your personality. It chooses the time you're born to have your unique self. It chooses your parents. It chooses the time that you're born into, you know, for a reason, because you being you is going to aid in that transformation. And also being born in that time is going to support you in your life purpose and path. And Mm -hmm. after I let go of that bitterness 
and got out of my not self theme. And I found acceptance and love for the fact that like I chose to be born into this time in this generation for a reason. Now I can see it so clearly. Like, yes, like our business is an online business. We're making this podcast where we can share this um, information with other people all across the world that are on the same vibration as us. And that time and space is not stopping us from being able to connect. And And that I'm able to fly in a plane and go to all of the different countries that I've been to all in one lifetime. And like all of those things are something that my soul chose to help me live as myself and also are things that are here to support me in my life path. Mm -hmm. And I can like really feel now finally that I feel grateful to like be born into this time and that we chose to be born specifically in the time that transformed everything. Like, because Pluto, you know, this whole this whole energy we're talking about, Pluto, is transformation and how each of the generations have transformed the path and the evolutionary path of humans. But like I was saying, Pluto and Scorpio is its home placement. So it's an extra emphasis on like a really big transformation. And I do feel like our souls, Shana, and like a lot of our friends that are born in the same year, it's like we chose to be the mold breaker. Like we didn't choose to come in when everything was already changed. Like we chose to be the change and to, to know the before and to know what it was like to live without technology and to know what that old Mm. paradigm was so that we could shift, help the world shift into the new paradigm. Like we truly chose both things. Yes. Which I feel is true for each of the generations and each person born into whatever generation they're in is that they, their role to play like was a building block for their children or their friends, children, wherever they were born, whatever generation they were born into, they needed the building blocks of the previous generation. Because like you said, it is cyclical. You can't go straight from spring to fall then to summer because you need the summer months to, for the earth to like grow. Yeah. So you, you need it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so true. And like the more that we dive into like all of these modalities, like astrology and human design that help us understand, it's really funny because in our minds, it feels like we're figuring out like this thing that we needed to name, we needed to put a finger on it. And we have these modalities to help us figure it out and to know it. But that's not really it. Actually, what these modalities do is to help us accept these things. Like Mm. these things are not things that we control. They're things that just are. It's the way of nature. It's the way of the universe. It's the way of everything. And us having understanding of it the only thing that that does for us is allow acceptance and to be like, okay, I get it. Like it, it aids you in your journey of accepting and helping the evolution of humanity. Yes. Mm, So well put. Mm. So well put. Yeah. If you guys are interested in learning more about this, I really recommend looking up the generations and just seeing how different they are. And then also you can Google, you know, the different Pluto placements for the last whatever hundred years and see how it shifted. But it's so fascinating to me. I I feel like I could read about the generations and the differences 
forever. Like, it's so interesting, just yeah. the different experiences that they had culturally and how that shaped their values and their beliefs, how that matches up so much with the energy of that time. Yeah, it's just freaking crazy. And I'm just so excited for the future generations. I'm excited for Generation Z and how they are so educated because education was a value that Generation X put like put on them and, and provided for them, you know, mm. provided the technology for them to have any type of information at their fingertips and how that's going to propel what they're here to do even further because they can be so informed at all times and they don't have a memory of not knowing the answer to something because they've always been able to just look it up. Like how powerful that is. And I'm, I'm excited to see what they go out and do. And I'm excited to see what the generation after that goes out and does. And the generation after that, Mm -hmm. I really feel like we are witnessing a transformation and a growth and an up level because of where we are right now in the cyclical nature of our Zodiac and our world and our generations and all of it. It, It's just so exciting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that so much. And like, right after Pluto's in Aquarius, it's going to be at Pisces, which is the end of a cycle. And it's the completion of a cycle. And it's Pisces is the energy of like, true spirituality and oneness. And it's the end of the zodiac. And then you start right over at the beginning again of a new world. And it just goes on forever. But I mean, it is so fascinating to, to know your place in like the bigger picture of all of it. And I just want to say, if you're listening, obviously you can know which Pluto placement you have by knowing the year you were born, because we just said all of the years. But if you're looking at your human design chart, if you don't have your human design chart already, you can go to mybodygraph.com and put in your birth information and time and get your human design chart that way. Or you can get your chart um, on our website, daylunalife.com. You can order a reading there or order a book with your chart and pages of explanation and a reading printed out. Anyway, you get your chart. If you wanted to find your Pluto placement, you can look at your chart and on the numbers on the right and left hand side of your body, um, there's a whole column of numbers. The very last number is your Pluto placement. So the one, the column on the right is your Pluto placement for your personality, your conscious side. And then the Pluto placement on the left-hand column that's in red at the very bottom is your Pluto placement for your design or your subconscious. Ours are in placement one, which if you're looking at your chart and you see that it's gate one, that's the gate of creative expression and inspiration without limitations. Mm -hmm. Um, which really resonates for me. Yeah. Um, But you can look it up on your chart if it's not that. And we would, we obviously go over that in a reading, if that's something that you're interested in knowing, but you can probably Google it online too. If you wanted to do that, it just might not be, I don't know. Like you can't, I mean, you can trust online, but you can't trust online. If you know what I mean? <laughs> like sometimes I look up stuff and I'm like, this is awesome. And then other times I look it up and I'm like, mm, that does not resonate. And then I look it up in the books and the teachings. And I'm like, that is what it meant. Yeah. Especially with human design. Yeah especially with human design, there's so much information online. I mean, it's a, it's a fairly new system, really developed in 1987. But there is information online about it, but not all of it, I feel like really resonates with the highest vibration of truth. So that's why we uh-huh. always say like, if you are curious, like reach out to us, and we'll help you if we can or book a reading. Because or get the book or watch the videos from Ra Aruhu himself, because 
a lot of the stuff online can be kind of like a little outdated and kind of framed in a weird negative connotation. Yeah, or like a heavy connotation, which is interesting because so many people, especially um, older generations, have asked, why do you think human design is coming up so prevalent right now? Like, why is it becoming popular right now is what they would say. Instead of like before when some people found out about it, I mean, there's people who are, you know, like human design certified people that are, you know, in their sixties and they've been studying it for 20 years and, but it hasn't become popular till right now. And what I intuitively want to say is that as our generation, as our millennials and and where our Pluto placement is with creative expression and inspiration beyond limitations is that we are using this information to break molds, to break down what doesn't serve us, to find the highest vibration and say, okay, this resonates with me. And I feel like that's why it's becoming more popular now is because of the way in which we're framing this information to serve our highest good and to break down old forms that do not serve us anymore. Mm, yes, that's, that's so true. Like, only now is the world really ready to accept spirituality on an individual, like personal truth level for each and every person, like all of these complex things that human design teaches, like the fact that we are this unique individual that has different standards and rules and ways of working than other types. And that we are this oneness, like all of this stuff is really like, only being ready to be received because of the energy of the time and because of the evolution Mm. that we've gotten to thus far. Yeah. And like for our next generation, Shana, for our kids that we may or may not have in that are born with their Pluto and Aquarius and like how we're going to raise them knowing this information and being able to accept them as a unique individual being. Mm. Yes. And being able to raise them with as little conditioning as possible is a huge factor, I think, in the the shift of the new paradigm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we're really excited to do a whole episode sometime about new paradigm. Yes. That's like a word you hear us say a lot, but it's so crazy that it's coming up on 2020 just in three months. And oh my gosh. new paradigm is 2027 is like the official date. But as we get closer to it, we're already seeing the effects. We're already seeing the change before and after the exact day. That's just kind of like the, the transformation point. But you feel the pull of that energy already going towards that. And we are here for it. Yes, we are. <laughs> Okay, guys, so if you have any questions, email us hello at daylunalife.com, DM us at dayluna on Instagram. If you want to book a reading to dive into your energy, awesome. If you want to just go explore on Google and deep dive down a rabbit hole, awesome. We are here for it. We just want to connect with you guys. Thanks so much for listening today.